I got a message for your American buddy. I'm your wife, damn it! Ah, would have to go up to the wives in the library or the supermarket and say hello. I am new here. I know, George, you think I don't know anything, but I know people. I get 18 years of my life to stand in the same spot as you. You want your file? I found you your file. You want it out? I got you out. You needed money? I found you some. Now, let's face it here. I've got to, you know, latch on to something in my life. Oh, yeah, you blind. No use to try to sweet talk me, Miss Scarlet. I know you ever since I put the first pair of diapers on you. Who was going to love me? Who, who was going to make me feel good? I wish I had a mother like me instead of nice. Nice gets you shit. I got a two-inch thick solo in steak. Sit and defrost and wait this minute. When you and Guy come over and supper with us tonight, what do you say? Hello and welcome to another episode of the Best Supporting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to celebrating and dissecting the performances of our favorite Best Supporting Actresses. My name is Nick Kachanov, and I'm not kissing that fish. And my name is Colin Trucker, and I was born in Connecticut. <laughs> well, here we well, are. If those two lines haven't given you any indication of what we're talking about today... It is, uh, it is indeed, we are diving into the filmed uh, stage production of Come From Away. Away, <laughs> yes, I know, it's good. It really was so uh, easy, yeah. It's, yeah, it's practically built in. Right. I was really excited that this is a thing. I know that you and I have talked previously on the podcast, I feel, about like more filmed Broadway. It's like, why... Mm-hmm. Why shouldn't you? And like, yeah, this is no Hamilton, but like mm. as far as even like the show itself, but also like I, I feel like I feel like there was a good amount of budget. But like as far as like the the intricate sort of, you know, there aren't as many like uh, the quality of the filming maybe wasn't as. I don't know what I'm trying to say because it still was great at times, but sometimes mm-hmm. there'd be a certain shot. I was like, oh, it looks a little bit like they're on stage now as opposed to like an actual like experience slash movie sort of quality that we got with Hamilton. Um, mm-hmm. But with all that being said, I'm just being picky. It was, it was great. And I, I feel that they should do this with more shows. Cause it's been out. I mean, it came out in uh, 2017 or it opened rather in 2017 and it's four years running, you know, like now's the time. Like maybe I can see maybe not doing it right away, especially if it's like a runaway hit, you want people to go to New York, but this show is going to run for a while. Yeah, I guess it's kind of like when you think about a show doing, say, like a national tour as kind of an extension of its life on Broadway. Yeah. It's kind of like how does how does having a filmed production on Apple Plus or you know Disney Plus or whatever how is that a variation of that? Like I I would imagine there's something about like how profitable is that, for example? You know what I mean? Like yes. Um, yes. But also how expensive is it? I mean, I I guess I'm thinking of it as a as a consumer like. It is, I mean, the distribution, like I just, to me, what it comes down to is like, you just reach such a larger audience and something will always get lost seeing a filmed version versus being there live. But I think there, I mean, Broadway in particular, it's like, just from a money standpoint, like it's not, it's not available to everybody. And I don't mean that as like a bleeding heart. It's just like, when tickets are averaging like 60 to 80 bucks for crappy seats, like mm-hmm. you really limit who can go see theater on a regular basis. And 
I don't know. I mean, then, like, what's the point of putting all of this time and effort into it? It's like when you do the school musical every year and you spend months rehearsing and practicing and getting ready <laughs> and then you do it for three nights, you know? I know. I know. It is bonkers. It, uh, school musicals should be, like, a month. I would yeah. love it. I would right. have loved that. Oh my god, that was like your life. Oh yeah, yeah, we're uh, we're you know we're in the second week of our run of you know. Oh, you going to the brush up rehearsal? Brush yeah, up rehearsal on <laughs> you Thursday. going to brush ups? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, I heard uh, Jessica's sick, so I don't know if she's going in. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, you know the scuttlebutt on the uh, you know <laughs> the understudies WhatsApp group. Uh, yes. Yeah, I um. I don't know. I, it, it's definitely something I love. Obviously, like the National Theatre Live when they, you know, productions from the UK. I mean, the yeah. Streetcar Named Desire one with Gillian Anderson. It was just like, I would have never seen this. And like, just the mere fact that like, A, I went to the movie theater. I paid, I didn't pay 80 bucks, but I, you know, I paid 15 bucks or whatever for a, a movie theater ticket. Um, and, you know, and I got to see an amazing theater. I don't know. I think that should be the case for most people, you know? Yeah, I agree. It's like the case of, you know, I think of uh, the Dear Evan Hansons and Hamiltons and, the you know, the juggernauts of, of past and uh, present, too, where it's like the only people that can afford it are rich white people and the people mm -hmm. that you want to be seeing it, you know, like the college kids or, you know, every other demographic besides rich white people are, are not able to. And this is something that... I don't know, especially with, the, I feel like the the bigger the show, the more uh, of a push there should be to sort of, you know, preserve that and have it on film. And I'm sure they probably might do it anyway, but not release it to like Apple TV Plus or, um, you know, and or Disney Plus in case of Hamilton. But yeah, I, I just think it's cool. I think they're on to something. I mean, and, and I feel like they're getting money when they when they make these deals. So it's like, mm -hmm, right, I think right. the, the people that probably... I, I wonder how much the actors get paid to do it. You know what I mean? Like, cause I right. don't know if there's any sort of, uh, what's the word when a show goes into syndication and you like get residuals money for it. Yeah. Or, residuals. Yeah. For it. yeah. Or if it's just like one lump sum, I'm sure it's great, but, uh, but you know, at the end especially, of the day, the actors and the technicians are the one making that show happen. Yeah. And especially if you're like a theater actor, I'm sure, you know, the payout yeah. to do the filmed production of come from away you know, is, is pretty good money, but I I bet that's the only money everybody sees, you know, unless you're a producer or, you know what I mean? Like, in terms of yeah. the talent, I would imagine that, you know, um, Jen Colella is not getting a check every month from Apple, you know? Yeah, I wish she would, but yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's what it is. I, I think that's, um, you know, I feel like it's more of a trend, obviously, with like uh, the the pandemic and everything. It's, it's there's even mm -hmm. more of a push to get that to us and kind of feed us that in our media diet, because it's been, you know, the piece of the pie that we've been starved for the most is just something live, live theater. You haven't seen anything yet, right? You haven't been back to Broadway. It's like, do you plan no. on seeing what's happening there in New York? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I feel right? like shows are open. But so, not yeah. yeah. Shows are opening this month, and some have already been open, and um, you know the ads are are you know coming out, and I'm getting them in the mail from Roundabout sure. and whatnot. And you know it. What's really interesting, and I I kind of expected this, I, you know, positively expected this, but with Broadway reopening, there are a number of like there's a lot of black theater that's on Broadway now, and a lot of. Uh, shows with a with a more diverse cast or telling black stories or just trying to move out of just like you know uh, 
doing, you know, stories about rich white people. But I guess my, I'm like, well, that's great, but who's going to see these shows? Like, yeah. I think it's great that you're telling those stories, but if your audience is still just these rich white people, these old rich white people, uh, then then it's all kind of performative, you know? Mm -hmm. So I I have not gone to see anything. I don't know what I'm going to see first. You know, I went to the movies, I don't know, for the first time a couple months ago, and I think we've talked about this, but I had the stark realization that, like, oh, I can't just, like, smoke whenever I want. I can't just pause and go upstairs and pee. I can't yeah. lay down on my couch during this movie and play on my phone. And I know. I just realized that, like, oh, actually, I, I think it's going to take a lot for me to just, like, sit in a seat for two hours, you know? Yeah, I think it has to be something I'm really hyped up about. And yeah. It stinks that that's where we're at, I guess. Like, what what is the, what's the downside? You know what I mean? Like, I was, I just feel like, you know, even with me, I'm like, I'm only going to watch something if it's like, you know, an hour and 13 minutes right. or less. And like, right. that's all my brain can handle. Is it just... Are we being programmed for that? Like just over time, you know, like I think of the first season of special and mm -hmm. how it's 15 minutes each. And I was like, oh, my God, this is perfect. And like, I don't know, I feel like I saw like a stand up or something like that. Like, you know, uh, TV shows, TV shows are going to be like the, the length of a commercial in 15 mm -hmm. years because it's just it's just where we are. And I don't know if that's like the dumbing down of that or it's just how fast everything's moving and how many shows are being produced. There's more television than Ever, I feel. Oh, yeah. I, I feel like I could never watch all the things that I would probably, not even all the things that my, that people are just saying are good, but that I would yeah. probably love. You know what I mean? Like, yes. It's, it's yes. so interesting now to be in a place that when somebody recommends something to you, the first feeling is exhaustion of like, how oh many God. seasons? Yeah. yeah. Like, okay, let me figure out when I can fit this in. I think it is a, it's a really, I think some of it is certainly, you know, uh, COVID based that we just became, it was the only thing we had to do is just consume. And yeah. I think it is using the term content, I think is toxic. I think is yeah. downright toxic. I don't think we should ever call it content. Um, yep. I think anything we create uh, should never be called content. And I think that's the first step as people who do podcasts or videos or movies or TV shows or whatever is to never call it content. Um, yes. But I, I also, and I don't know if this is true, but I always, my immediate reaction or response to, to your question is blame TikTok. TikTok has moved everything yes. at a faster pace. The jokes have to move faster. The narratives move faster. Like I... I enjoy TikTok, but I, um, the speed of it. And the mm -hmm. thing is, like, Vine, Vine did, was not a problem. And Vine was six seconds. I don't, it's just, you know what I mean? <laughs> I know, I know. Vine was never a problem. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I mean, people, yes, we all know, like, our favorites off of Vine. And as far as, like, I feel like, and maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but the people that were really, you know, popular Vine I almost said content producers, but Oof. people that made vines that we knew, were they ever influencers? You know what I mean? Like, guess they turned mm. into them slowly. But like now with TikTok, it is crazy how you can go from zero to nothing with a yeah. good amount of work and a lot of, you know, videos and consistency and talent. Yes, that that's not to be, you know, disregarded in this situation. But 
it's like I just follow people like I find people and then like a week later they have a blue check mark and yeah. I'm like wow that is crazy people and, grow and, so fast on yeah TikTok. but also like it's pretty it's like a it's like miraculous in a way it's like so great that like it's 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 50 50 for me because like it has sucked up so much of my time Mm -hmm. but i also just like love and appreciate i think the way that i consume tiktok is different from the way other people consume tiktok but at the same time i'm still consuming it so what does that mean right well yeah i mean i I just think there's there's a model there that is just like fits into our lives right now. It's so easy. It is this like, I mean, I, I remember the first time it happened to me where I like was playing on TikTok. Cause I, don't, I just don't go on it that often. It's not that mm-hmm. the same way that I like blindly go on Reddit or Twitter or whatever, you know sure. what I mean? Like where I'm just like, Oh my God, why am I on Twitter again? I just closed it. I don't have <laughs> that yet with TikTok. And yet then yes. when I open it, I had that experience of like looking up and it's like two hours have just gone by. I have yeah. no idea what happened and i mean and the way our lives are right now it just supports that like it just it's all like we have nothing else to do but sit there and get lost in tiktok and it moves so fast that like you don't have to think about anything because it's just you don't have to think about life you don't have to think about what you're watching because it's going to change soon i mean i don't know i i i think there's so much that's great about it and i t- i think tiktok is just a fa- a figurehead of of a whole kind of cultural shift that we're in right mm-hmm. now. I think it's just like one thing that is kind of, um, if you were to do a starter pack for living in 2021, TikTok would be a big part of that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's a huge ingredient to what life is like now. And um, I don't know. I, I, I think all of that is, you know, veers in a whole other direction, but I think to bring it back to theater is when, when does theater and TikTok converge in an organic way? Not just kind of like showing videos of people performing or funny clips from like bad Legally Blonde musicals, but like when is TikTok the platform for original musical content, like musicals content, not just like musical content, like musicians, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I even think of like um, the Bridgerton musical, Abigail Barlow, I think her name is, and like how she just started writing songs for Bridgerton and how it's being made into like a, not a full-blown production, but it's definitely like an album. They're making a recording and the songs are great and she's really talented. And it's all because of TikTok. I mean, wow. Wow. So it's like I hear those stories and it's like, that is, it's, it's so cool to think about, but like for all of those other reasons too, it's like. I don't know. I'm just like you said. It's like a a, a little bit of a shift in our, it. Like it's social media, but like. But I think they're all blending together. To the second now. power, yeah. yeah. I know. And I it, think like you know the death of Instagram and Twitter's still hanging in there, and Facebook is just for moms and Trump yeah. supporters. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> right, right. I mean, it's like I think of because I, I love YouTube, and I think like you know, you could say, oh, okay, well, YouTube isn't television, it's not movies, but, like, you watch YouTube videos now, and similar on TikTok, oh, yeah. YouTube, there's more, like, the production values, the complexity, like, the the documentaries that you can find people creating on YouTube, just really high-quality stuff, and you could say that YouTube is social media, you know, like, it technically is, but I do also think that's all blending together, you know? And it's, I think it's funny how something like Quibi failed. And I think it's like, well, yeah, I think it needs to be like TikTok TV. You know what I mean? Like it needs to be something in the platform, you know? Like I think that's, I don't know. Um, God help us. That's going to happen, isn't it? TikTok TV. 
I was just going to say it. It's 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 too good. It rolls off the tongue too I know. well to not happen to. And there was something I saw a TikTok that was like um it was like TikTok is the new version of um why I'm blanking on the word but like back in the day vaudeville. It's oh, vaudeville. It's yes. like everyone has a talent and you just like get up there and you either sink or swim or you get tomatoes thrown at you or people really love it. And then it's like, OK, on to the next act. It is like this revitalization because I think now it's like it's easier for, you know, like maybe 20 years ago, it wasn't so easy for anyone to do anything like to produce something, to pr- produce a video and put text in it yeah. and, you know, put a filter on it. And it's it's making all these like, you know little artists and little filmmakers in a way too which again has pros and cons like i mean mostly pro like it's it's incredible what we can do now on a phone and like the lip syncs and like it just little effects and um it's it is i don't know it's all very interesting and i'm i'm just kind of going along for the ride i guess but yeah i mean uh, i'm i'm trying to bring it back to theater oh so i know i, I mean it's up but yeah. also yeah i mean I'm kind of liking this conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think, you know, to your point, and I think I think we can tie this back to theater, is like, it is, to use a buzzword, like the democratization of of creating art, you know, and having yeah. a platform to create art. Because anyone can create it, but do you have a place to, like, share it? And yeah. that everybody is technically, because, like, anyone could go viral. Like, look at all these fucking grandmas of TikTok. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. sure, some of it's probably prompted and trying to get on the bandwagon, but who would have thought that someone could just like interview their ornery grandmother on the couch, you know, or, or, you know, I think about that video. I think you sent me of, um, the girl, the compilation of the girl visiting her grandmother every day. Oh, it's my Molly, you know? And it, Oh yeah. Oh, it's, oh my God, it's my Molly. I knew it'd be my Molly. And like, it's just a compilation of her opening the front door and being happy to see her granddaughter. And it's like, yeah, I'll watch that more than I'll watch Ted Lasso if I want to yes. feel good. You know what sure. I mean? So yes. like, yes. so, so what's the value of, of this art, but like what it makes us feel or what it does for us, you know, in that kind of non-monetary sense. And so like, does that mean that Molly's grandma is more valuable to me as an artist, quote unquote, than Jason Sudeikis? Yes. <laughs> it's crazy. And the answer is yes. And the answer is yes. Um, and so in the bracket, you know, of, of who do I love more, Molly's grandma or, or Ted Lasso? <laughs> It's my Molly's grandma. <laughs> it's know? true. It's true. Um, so I, you know, and I think then when it comes to theater, I mean, theater has been something that I think anyone can do. You can put on a show in your backyard. You can, you know what I mean? You can, you can play music on your boom box and, and put on a musical in the basement. Mm-hmm. And okay. So maybe you graduate out of that and you have a, a real show and blah, blah, blah. Well then like, where are you going to perform it? And like, okay, maybe you find a space. How are you going to get people to come see it? No one yeah. wants to come to see anyone's show, especially yes. some little unknown black box show. No one wants to come see it. I, I let's all just agree. None of us want to come see it, but if it's on TikTok in 10 parts, wouldn't you watch that musical, you know? Yeah. And so I think there's also that of like, TikTok is terrible in some ways, but like if it means that some like little musical theater troupe can put on a show and get like thousands of people to watch it mm-hmm. in, in a way that otherwise would have never happened, then, you know, then I support it. Yeah. 
And, you know, and speaking of putting a musical on a screen where tens yeah. of thousands of people can watch it. Look at that. Look we're what right you just back did. To Look Apple what you TV just Plus. did. Unbelievable <laughs> transition. Unbelievable. Um, so come from away. So I was going to text you last night and I thought, you know what? Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save it. I'm going to save it and we'll talk about it. All. So I'm going to save it for the pod Please. as we talk yes. about. Um, I'm excited to talk about this today. Because mm-hmm. I hated Come From Away. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? As I was watching it, I was like, I think he's going to hate this. And, I, and I'm kind of glad you do. I, because, I mean, one, it makes for like a far more interesting conversation mm-hmm. um, rather than both of us just gushing about something. But I, I can see why. I mean, it's not a Colin type of show. I don't think. I don't think. I don't think. No. Um, I yeah. Um, a, an ensemble musical with a very expository script. I don't think. <laughs> um, I know. Yes, it moves fast. But uh, go on, go on. And I want to also preface that by saying that, like, I we've all heard the disclaimer. I'm not a musical theater person, so we got that out of the way. Sure. We know that. B. I also don't want you to feel like. It's like anything you like about it is now invalidated. I'm a very subjective point of view. Um, And I can see that there are things about it that I like. And, you know, Johnny and I just recorded an Only Mary's episode where we did end up talking about Come From Away for a while. And I um, that'll that episode will probably be out the same day as this episode. And um, so for anybody who's a a ten dollar Only Mary for only all right, Mary, um, you will hear probably a much more uh i really just had to like vent i had to get all my feelings out so this may be a more reasonable conversation than the one i had on all right mary um but i i can see the value and i think it was like a lot of ultimately i think i was frustrated because i think there's so much potential in in this idea and and a lot of emotional potential and and a lot of you know real great that I felt like could have come out of this and it was I mean the way that I would describe this is like you know Brigadoon meets the Laramie project like it sure. was and and that is a weird combination and I think it was the Brigadoon part of it that was kind of putting me off um okay I didn't mean mind the style but I think the problem with the style for me was like you're all telling me about what's happening and then very briefly showing me moments of it happening. And it never feels like those moments are happening. It just feels like you're doing an impression of those moments. You know, like I think of Hannah and Beulah and Hannah's son and, and I'm sorry. I, when she first came on, I thought, Oh, I'm going to love Beulah. She's got this tiny daily energy that I'm loving. And <laughs> yeah, by the end say, of yeah. it, and by the end of it, I was like, Beulah, come over here. Beulah, take your hands out of your goddamn pockets. Oh my God! Yes, yes. You are on I, stage. Yep. Yep. Oh God! I mean, God, we just got the bedding and we got the food and I made the cheese with the fish and oh God, I'm a mom with a, of a firefighter too. Can I help? It was like, oh God, you are insufferable, Beulah. I just, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I wanted to love her so much and then I didn't. Um, I, I uh, so I'm just kind of verbal vomiting. No, that's okay. I think. Go ahead. Do you do you want to f- wrap the, up your initial the, thoughts? Yeah, the, go for the, it. The button on that is I. While I am verbal vomiting and shitting all over this boy, that's a 
I could cho- I could choose different. It's coming verbs. out of both ends. It's coming there. out of both ends. Really, <laughs> I I really apologize for get the, him a bucket. For, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's uh, oof. so I um, while I am doing all of that, I also want this to be a constructive conversation. I want to hear about what you love about it. And mm-hmm. I won't be like, yeah, well, I hated it. So now what? So I just want to yeah. preface that by being like, even though we don't agree maybe on this, um, I don't think that you're ridiculous for liking this show. I I wish that I loved it. I wish that I cried through the whole thing. I think that I would have been thrilled. Yeah. I. It's funny when you said you hated it. I, I picture Amanda Kaczynski in Canada gasping right now and throwing her phone across the room. Oh, I, well, I know I, she loved it. She saw it twice, I think. I think so. I, I did. I texted her. Been, I was going to text you and I was like, oh, but I don't want you to feel like now we got to change things. Well, let's let's do an episode on it. I still want to move forward with it. So I texted her and Jody because I had to get it out of my system. And I was yes. like, guys, I just don't know about the show. And so I was able to kind of get some of my feelings out. Um but uh so, so she knows know. so jody and amanda know <laughs> that i am coming into this um from a way yeah <laughs> feeling a certain way yeah. yes <laughs> you know where i knew that you would like hate it is right at the beginning when everyone's stomping their leg <laughs> and i was like i bet you he hates this i like you hated it and i i felt like everybody in gander it was you know like um when uh i can't remember who does it but uh it's like an snl that like the zoe de chanel show and then Kristen wig plays bjork and she's like laughing oh, yeah. into her fingers i felt mm-hmm. like everybody in this town was just Kristen wig is bjork like they were just so precious and and sweet and like like oh god no you're a guest no you're we're here to help you oh yeah hockey like it, it was just i i i none of them felt real which was the weirdest thing about this show was that it was a a musical about real people and they all felt like hallmark movie characters mhm mhm so those were some imi- initial thoughts i the only other thing I will say as an initial thought as well is I think the biggest challenge, because I'm not being constructive right now, but I think the biggest challenge for me was that it felt like in Come From Away, the driving conflict was thousands of miles away. So there was kind of nothing to do. There was no conflict in the Gand- in Gander. And so at a certain point, it was just like, oh, well, everyone's really tired. Oh, man, everyone's on the phone. Everyone, everyone's really tired. They don't. They they're on an island, um, and it was like, I yeah, I know, I know. For five days, what else? And so I, I just want. I was like, there, I'm the only real thing. I I've been going, I've been going on and on. The only real thing was Hannah and her son, and and then like the Egyptian guy, and that was so ham fisted. I was like, oh god, this is how we're addressing this. Oh mm-hmm. God, guys! Like this is terrible writing. Hey, what are you celebrating with your friends? You telling them where to bomb next? I was like, oh, that we can do this better. I know we can. Um, sure. So I'm gonna I'm gonna jump please, in. Please, please, I stop me, in. stop me. I need to stop. <laughs> yeah, I need you to jump in right now. Yeah. I think this is a healthy and constructive conversation too, because here's here's my background with the show too. Um, I I know that Amanda had seen it, and I can't remember if we were still doing Squirrel Friends back then. I feel like we were, to be honest, and I was like, all right, great, I'll give it a whirl, and I listened to uh, the cast recording, and I feel like I was on like on a long trip or just listened to it over a couple days on my commute to work, and I just like sobbed through it and loved it, but I, I didn't see any 
you know, not not a smidge of the staging or like mm-hmm. how it actually worked. And I and it's interesting to see that because there was a point like to 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 really kind of cosign, you know, a smidge of what you're saying. There was a point where I was like, we need to slow this down mm. because we're mm. not letting any of these stories breathe at all. Like yeah. there was, I think the longest scene maybe was like a Beulah and Hannah scene. I I feel, but like, imagine if we didn't have maybe if just the old man was the narrator and that's it, and everything yeah. else was just like you said. It, there was a lot, um, of of telling and not showing. Right? Is that the yeah, way? I was yeah. Exactly. It? Yeah. 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 yeah um, it was all because, telling. Yeah. And as a result of that, you have this great ensemble cast that's you know flying through like i think even at the beginning it's just like it's it's so uh, the dialects that they're jumping back and forth it's like it's it's impressive to see like how hard everyone is working and like i know that the choreography because it's not necessarily choreography but it is choreography in a way it was nominated for um i think how many seven tony awards and only mm-hmm. won one for best director um and it was the year of dear evan hansen so that that's a tough year mm. um and the only actor nominated was Jen Colella, and she was beat out by Rachel Bate Jones, who was the mother in Dear Evan Hansen. And that's, you know, that's, oh, that's I a see. great role. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do agree. I do think that there is a different way rather than saying, I, you know, like in a musical, in the opening number, everyone introduces themselves or you meet the characters. But I, I don't think they had to say anything beyond that as far as like a direct cut to the audience. I think that we could have just watched this town just like get turned upside down mm-hmm. and see what and 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 not have any cuts to the audience i i wonder what that would feel like i i feel like it would be a whole different book in broadway they yeah. call it a book everyone. oh sure sure um, yeah, yes yeah. Uh, you know it's not a soundtrack it's yeah yes yeah. it's a cast recording get it yeah right. yeah um but yeah i mean i do agree that like there was one point where i would i just i and maybe you know it's 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 sort of this bigger idea of like uh, to represent how chaotic it actually was. Cause I'm sure, you know, with the numbers that they're saying, they had 7,000 people in, in a town that could not accommodate that. Mm-hmm. And, and you want to hear these stories and, and you can picture how they are, you know, who these people were in real life too. I think there's part of this show. How do I say this? I think because the characters themselves are a little bit elevated and a little bit um, over the top, I'll say. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wanted to pull back from it a little bit. I kind of wish they set up like a camera in like row H and just like filmed it from there. And mm. maybe that's why it, it just seemed like it was at a hundred for me. That was probably my biggest takeaway. I was like, wow, this show really moves. And they're like, switch, like they're, it's, it's like a tornado. And I can only imagine the rehearsal process for this, like in the choreographer too. he, I think it was bandstand that came out that year. That was like, you know, a sort of world war two sort of Uh swing dancing musical. And it was great too. So like they got the Tony that year, but there's a lot of, um, you know, movement like, or just staging choreography, I guess there was minimal choreography in quotes as far as just like dancing and stuff like that. But as far as like, numbers or just like you know the songs in the show like there's the jen colella song um me in the sky and then there's mm-hmm. like the ones that i remember at least were um jen colella song and um 
the you know the fish song which yeah, is great screech, it's in the bar yeah. yeah yeah and then um it's or it's called away, the 30 30- yeah yeah heave away and then the, um the the last song um when they're it's called 38 planes reprise um, uh-huh. and when they're kind of like and the, they're all heading back home those are the three like biggest numbers of the show and i think everything else is but like i think of shows like rent that no, but even with Rent, there were full songs. You know what I mean? There were like yeah. actual three-minute songs that yeah. separated that and like had, you know, a page or two of dialogue to sort of lead into that. Um, this is all to say that like I I agree with you on that front too. I quite liked the characters. I I I I was hoping. I, I obviously see the time daily, um, you know, the mm-hmm. that vibe with Beulah. And I love that you hate her. I didn't mind Beulah. I didn't hate her as much as you did. <laughs> I don't know what it was. Just like went right under my fingernails with her. Yeah. Sure. And I think, you know, the overall like Canadianness of mm-hmm. the show, it's like, I wonder if any Canadians were on the writing staff to be like, you guys, we're nice, but we're not like cartoons you know what i mean maybe that's uh, something that could be but i also understand like who is this show for like it's for everyone in a way too but i can really see you know a lot of boomers really liking the show i think like as far as people that would really latch on to it and that sense of humor and what i guess they're looking for is really kind of for them it's not for you and I in that regard. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who the audience is. I mean, I think there's, I, I, I believe the, the the husband and wife duo behind this, I think they are Canadian. So I think there's at least Canadians mm-hmm. behind the scenes who are who are saying, oh yeah, no, this is what Canadians are like. Um, and Newfoundlanders, like maybe that's kind of like, I don't know. Um, that feels like its own specific culture as well. I, I will say I didn't laugh out loud as much as I thought. I mean, how much laughing do you expect to do in a musical based on, you know, September 11th, but also, or based around the events. Um, but also, I mean, that's, that's kind of where, you know, that's where I think that helps break uh, the, I almost said tension, but you know what I mean? It's a, you know, we know that it's going to happen. We know. And it's, I think like in, in the, the events leading up to it and even getting into the town, um, you, it, there's kind of this like, what should be really a lot of tension is kind of still sort of like, and maybe that's why I'm just like kind of processing it right now, but thinking through like all of this sort of jumbled storylines that are like, I'm here or you're like, I'm this person and I'm that person and this is who I'm with and this is what I'm doing. They're all important, but I don't, I just feel like we didn't need to know. We didn't need to find out in that way. I think that's what I'll keep going back to. But I did like the show. I like the music. I like the, you know, the three songs that I just met. I, I really like um, Me in the Sky. I love the 38 Planes Reprise. I, I, I think that's where it really is this sort of like celebratory sort of music and, uh, you know, it's and them getting back home. Um, that's what drew me in initially listening to the, the cast recording too. But I, I didn't, I didn't walk away. I know Keon really liked it a lot and I am still kind of processing it. Cause I think we only watched it on Sunday and it's, it's only Tuesday now when we're recording. Um, would I watch it again? Yeah, I probably would, but I'd probably watch it like with someone, like I'd want to show it to someone. Um, mm-hmm. like I feel like my parents would really like it. I feel like it was a, sh- it's a show that they would definitely 
uh, want to watch. It would be a show that I would love to do, to be honest. And maybe that's why there's a little bit of me that's curious. You know, I don't know if there's really like a role in it for me. Like as as you watch a show, like sometimes you like imagine like, oh, who would I play in this? And I I don't think there really is one for me at the moment, unless I'm like that 80 year old guy. Um, I just have to wait out, wait it out a bit. Yeah. (laughs) But well, I I did um, get the sense that like, I mean, that was one of the things I would definitely say, you know, in terms of come from away like this, there is an element of it that to be, that does, that did feel a little community theater. And then I thought, well, actually this is really perfect for community theater and high schools and regional theaters because you can also single cast all of these characters and, and get more people in the show. It's, you know, uh, you know, there doesn't have to be necessarily a lot of complicated choreography, my sense, I mean, obviously you can you can correct me here because you know better than I do, but just based on the score and the songs, for a lot of folks, it's not the most demanding show. Like, it's not Les Mis in terms of, like, vocal prowess. Am I wrong about that? Or in general, would you, would you agree? Yeah, I'd say I'd say it's probably more physically demanding, especially for, like, all these adults that are, like, you know, heaving chairs around and standing on chairs you know during that song with diane and nick i'm like they're gonna fall from those chairs why are they making like 50 year old 60 year old people walk on that but i mean i'm sure they have it down but uh yeah i'd say it's it's no i'd say that it's probably not as demanding i think it's probably more mentally taxing because i did a show like two years ago and it was very much set up like this show it was it was you know we were carrying chairs around a lot and like uh, things that weren't really you know this the set is very minimal minimal it's it's Mm -hmm. just chairs and tables which is kind of cool to be honest but i also think it'd be incredibly hard to stage for like a high school or community theater like i think it's a good show and people would come to it um but I guess there's there are ways to sort of um, water that down as well too. It would just take a really gifted choreographer to do that and and sort of stage that. But do you um, think that's largely because of the double casting? Like if they had, I mean, I could oh, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, would, right. They Every, wouldn't double up. They wouldn't be doubling up. Yeah, yeah. Because I feel like that's the benefit if you do it in a high school. Is like, oh great, we have forty roles. You know. Yes. Um, and so. You're not you're dealing with a lot of people, but not necessarily all of like double duty while they're on stage. That's interesting. I'd be really interested to to watch that because I just wonder if people would just like it would just be like a ball of like like a big snowball with like limbs coming out of it. I just oh, I know because it just moves so fast. I don't I was just like, wow, I can't believe how like I think of like swings on Broadway that have to learn like maybe three or four tracks and Mm -hmm. learn like and learn like four different dialects. (laughs) You know what I mean? And play three different people. Uh, It just seems like a lot. Um, But I do like this show. I go back and listen to it every once in a while. I don't listen to every song, but I'm glad that... I mean, my next question, Colin, too, is like, (laughs) did you like anyone was there anyone in the show Did you like <laughs> because anything we were or... planning to do a bsa's of, i know and maybe maybe you only have a three two one maybe you only have a two one i i i don't want to force you to put beulah on a list simply because we ran out of women you know what i mean right well <laughs> and 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 i and i don't want your wist your wist your list to go to waste i want to hear your sure your, you know and, and we'll we'll present it dramatically going back to what you were saying and answering this question as well um, of like, 
there aren't any like the number of real like songs there are and mm-hmm. and tying into how fast the show moves it felt like me and the sky was really like when <clears throat> we took kind of the most time with one character and yes. it doesn't surprise me that that became a standout number in the show and that she stood out because otherwise i mean Nobody has a moment like that in the show. I mean, I know that, uh, what's her name? Uh, Hannah has I'm Here, but it's mm-hmm. relatively short. And like, yeah. it's also kind of like, I mean, you're not going to tell me that songwriting. I'm sorry. Like, you're not, like, she's literally telling, she's described, she's, I'm here, I should be there, I'm on the phone, but I'm here, and you're there. It was like, <laughs> fuck you. This is not a song. And so, don't even get me started on Darkness and Trees. That is like trying to stretch sure. a tweet into a Medium article. I was like, this is an entire song about being on a bus. And you're like, where are we going? I just see darkness and trees. I'm like, you are going to a Holiday Inn in Appleton. Would you relax? And I know that they don't know, but I think, and now this is just opening up a world of things, but I think it goes back to what you're saying of like, we should be feeling that tension and I'm just not. And I'm like, and I'm also realizing like, well, there is no tension. You're fine. Like in your present state, you're fine, you know? And so I don't know. Anyway, sorry. Um, so that brings us back to me in the sky where we, we spend some time with someone talking and, and uh, granted again, I gotta tell you, I, I gotta say like, I know I'm trying to find something I loved here, but like the writing, I was like, this is, this is like, this is just, this is just narrative that you fit into a song. You know, like mm-hmm. you've just, you've mm-hmm. taken a paragraph and now you've figured out how to put it into a poem form. And that was a, like, I also wanted I was enjoying it until it got kind of pop rock and then the guitar hits in and she's like, and now I'm doing this. And I, once it goes there, I'm like, you know what? I, I'll, if I, I could watch a Chevy commercial if I wanted this, you know, you know, yeah. You know what part that I knew that you were like probably threw your computer across the uh-huh. room was when, when all the ladies stand up and clap the double clap. <laughs> and when they're slapping their thighs, it, it's, <laughs> I was like, fuck this song. It's so, this is, I, like, I just was so mad. And, and I think that, you, so, because of course, here's the big question, certainly among you and me and Amanda and Jody, is like, Jen Colella, you know, to Pingy. I don't even, I wouldn't be able to hear Pingy. I wouldn't be able to, I don't have that ear, you know. Um, I think that she sings well. I think that she has a nice voice and I like her personality and I like kind of the, the the vibe that comes through i was i know that the real life woman is not a lesbian i was just so disappointed because jen if i was a lesbian jen colella would be my type you know um, sure i just i look i love a lesbian who looks like a like justin bieber you know and <laughs> i like i know that that's my type is like lesbians who look like your like best friend's older brother you know and so i uh oh, now i'm thinking about lesbians um no so i I read some reviews because I just needed before we did this because I just needed to know if I was wrong. And multiple reviews mentioned the line of like, and and now the thing that I love the most was turned into a bomb. And I rolled my eyes so hard on that line that I saw my own brains. The delivery of that was so bad, and it wasn't her fault. It was the book, you know. And sure. so I don't blame her, but. 
There's another moment earlier in the show where they're all watching the TV and then they all like turn and wince at the same time at like, I don't know, a tower fall. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Yeah. And it was a similar thing of like, you guys are hitting the emotional notes with a Gallagher hammer. Like we really have to just let it breathe, which I guess goes back to your point is if they just let this show breathe, I think that there may have been more opportunities to kind of feel something versus being told how things felt, you know? Yeah. I'm going to start cause I'm sure people, I'm going to start by saying that Jen Colella is gay. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I Googled that just now because I was like, I think she is. And she I know that she herself. is. Yeah. She's oh, gay. Got but it, this got woman, it. she's playing a real life woman. And that I woman's see. got the husband, Tom. And I was like, but Jen, you are like, we don't have a better lesbian, you know? I see. Sorry. Okay. Got yeah. it. So, yes. Um, yes. Just to be on the record there. Yes. Sure. Um, I would say you were talking about me in the sky and um, and the growling and everything. Oh, just like my my take on Jen Kalil. I, I, I love her. I, I think her voice is incredible. I think she has like one of the most like, like, like a, like the healthiest belt I've heard in a while that and like what she can do with her voice in that song too and she sounds even better in the like the Apple TV like what we watched than she does on the cast recording I think and for someone to sound like better is just I'm always excited to see that and that gets me like really jazzed so her like vocally I think Jen Colella is great um I I know that, like as far as like the pinginess I I know what Amanda's talking about, but I think she has a really great, like, uh, like a belty sort of mix. Uh, and in addition to like her actual belt, like I feel like her voice can do a lot and she has mm-hmm. a lot of control over it, which I'm always, like I said, super impressed by and excited to see in any, like, even if it's just like a regular vocalist, but like, especially on Broadway. So yeah, I mean, I, I see what you're saying about like, even when in her other character that she played, like that oh, was yeah. lusting over that captain. I love that captain though, by the way. Speaking oh, yeah. of the BSA. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um Yeah, you just, you know, I'm not buying it, Gia. It's like we know we know that it's you know, it's like a a gay man trying to play straight. Sometimes it just doesn't work, sometimes it does. And it was kind of just in the middle of that, uh, I I guess. It wasn't like too obvious, but it wasn't like uh and whatever. It, it's fine. But I, I think Maybe I I really liked her in this show. I I see why she got nominated for. I actually thought she was nominated for lead actress, but um, you know, no one's really a lead actor or yeah. actress in this show. It is it is a really super ensemble show. Um, but I I did like her. Um, and I I think her accent is just like perfect, and the way that she kind of like. I mean, she's from Texas, so it's like it's like sort of that's. I don't know. She does this little like snarl with her like mouth every once in a mm-hmm. while, but I like it. I understand why or how you and others, <laughs> Amanda included, would not like it. Or maybe she did like her acting and she she just didn't like her voice. But she said that I'm not gonna you know <laughs> tell everyone yeah. what Amanda said. Um, but I I actually think she was a standout for me in the show. Um, I know she's done other stuff. She was actually in Dear Evan Hansen. She replaced. I don't know if she replaced. Rachel Bay Jones right after, but it's just ironic that she was playing the role mm. that like lost her the Tony Award. Uh, right, but, right. But she's great. I, you know, I follow her on Instagram. She's a cool gal, and um, I'm always kind of rooting for her. Um, I think Jen's cool. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that she's probably, to me, maybe the strongest in the show, like thinking through the cast. I think she probably stood out the most. Um, I, in terms of something I liked from this, and it was, I guess I can't really credit the show because it's not a song from the show, but that prayer, that Catholic church prayer, that song, that is a, that is a, Sunday mass classic. Uh like cuz I went to Catholic school. I know that make me a channel your piece. I've sang that song mm-hmm. so many school assemblies and so many like first Friday masses at school. And there and it was it's and there 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 is a bit of you know there is a lot about faith and religion and you know there is a bit of that weaved in through and there was a little bit of like, oh, they're all kind of doing like a pop version of this song. It's a bit hill song, or you know what I mean? It's a little like Christian Christian musical at the sure, moment. Sure, sure. But it stood out. I was like, oh wow, this song has a great melody. And that's definitely something I would have loved more of in Come From Away is like really strong melodies. I just it, it I I need more than just like plaintive electric guitars scoring narratives. You know what I mean? Like I need uh that what that one towards the end, the thirty eight planes, um, mm-hmm. yeah, somewhere. like that is yes, that is uh, you know somewhere in the middle of nowhere. Like all of that is great. It was just like there, there you go. Yeah, it's like electric when it happens. I yeah. remember when that song came on, I was like, whoa, this is what we've all been leading up to. And yeah, it's jubilant I- and celebratory, and um, I don't know. I just get chills every time I listen to that. Yeah, yeah, like I felt like that. I wanted more of that 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 moment that that emotion and to be honest like the whole even though it was you know it, certainly if you're going to call this a you know a, a bit of a corny show the the most you know corn niblets would be during the whole screech in become a newfoundlander bit but yes that also had a real electricity to it and had a real melody and a real like yes. drive yes. to it and i thought wow this is i i wish i wish the show was a bit more of this cuz i think like it didn't have to be like depressing the entire time, but I think like hitting those larger emotions, um, I don't know. Yeah. It would have been a different show. Yeah. I'm always interested in like when people get nominated, um, for like best book of a musical, like for, you know, for rent or in the Heights, because when the show is like the book is the music, I guess Uh it's like, it's like the lines are kind of blurred between like original score and also, um, yeah, I think if I, you know, it's like, let's rewrite come from away and what would that look like? And what would, what would we concentrate more on? But, you know, one of the things that that we lose too, even it's like, of course, I'm always going to be thinking about the gay couple too, but like that, it was just, it wasn't enough. Like it was like, mm-hmm. okay, they're having problems, but we never get like a scene where it's like, I'm falling out of love with you or I'm realizing it's just like we broke up and six months later he moved back to New York. Something's gone. Keon hated that. Keon, that was the one thing that Keon (laughs) hated. He was like, I don't know why they like missing, you know, it's uh, like the the aftermath. And you know, it just reminds me of Hamilton. It's like for as effective as like, Oh my God! In one line, I'm crying about Angelica dying. You know, yes, and yes. they do, and the same way they just tell you at the end of that song, but you they've earned the emotional weight of that. Whereas with the Kevins, I don't know who the fuck these people are. I don't. Sure. I don't have, I have no connection to them. I mostly know the one Kevin as as being a very broad Egyptian character named Ali. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. the man's entire per, like character was Egyptian. 
That was his whole character. Like, I think that was so frustrating to me. And, and I guess the same about the, the gay guys. There we, we knew nothing more about these guys than that they yeah. were gay guys. Like, you had no emotional connection to anybody because you didn't fucking know anything about them. Yeah, it's a lot. It's it's almost too much story to pack in. And mm-hmm. we get these little niblets. But the bigger story is, you know, September 11th and what happened. But in in as a result, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just kind of repeating what you said, too. It's mm-hmm. like we don't get that emotional investment. Nor, like, really, the biggest payoff is 38 planes on the way home because they sort of, you know, they're on their way home, and that is the the sort of victory in the story. They get to go back home to their loved ones. Um, mm. And so, I can't remember. Go ahead. Go oh, ahead. Sorry. I was just, what was interesting about that? Because I agree with you. I think there was a real, like, when when Jen Clola singing, like, we're crossed, you know, we've crossed the Canadian border and we're in, yes. you know, and there's that sense of, like, Oh yay! Like we've we, we've made it. We're on home turf now. But I then I felt like well then I felt like what came out of that was actually I was happier in Gander and now I'm back home and there's smoke and rubble and I'm confronted with everything. Like it was an interesting kind of instead of feeling instead of the feeling that we get from a league of their own when Marla Hooch is waving to her dad and the American flag is reflecting in the train and the Hans Zimmer is swelling and I'm crying. Yes, yes. We're all crying. And and I think this was supposed to be a similar, like, God bless America moment. And instead it was like, ugh, take me back to that rock, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand that that has to be told, too. Like, as far as these broad strokes of, like, Okay, these people get stranded in Gander, they have connections, but also through that they change and then they come home and what is that like after the fact? Like those are all really compelling narratives, but like the way that it's presented to us is again, we're just told and there's and like that's where we get told the most, I think, mm-hmm. in that aftermath. Yeah. Is like, you know, it's different and you know nick went back to england and i'm back in texas something's gone (laughs) and everyone has their turn and uh uh, yeah i mean i i don't know and I, i i know it's like i'm i'm really interested to see you know if someone was to challenge this and say like well it's also this and this and this and this but like it's like you presented a really compelling argument and i it's like now even me who came into this episode like really enjoying the show and look and suspecting that you would probably not like it. And again, <laughs> I, I, I knew that you wouldn't in a way. And I was like, but I think it might, cause I just, I trusted hearing the cast recording that, you know, you, you know how you don't really hear the scenes or see the scenes. Yeah. I thought, yeah. Like course. even when I was listening to the gay, the gay, uh, <laughs> well, the, the, um, in in 38 planes where it's like he's they're saying something and he's like kevin talk to me please and like i was like oh i wonder what they fought about like i wonder what that argument Mm. was but we never got it we never got any of it so my assumption that it would be fleshed out and just assuming that it would be kind of backfired in a way too i don't think Mm -hmm. it's an i mean i think it's I think it's a good show. I know and understand everything and uh, that you just said and agree with everything that you said, but I, I it, there's also something that I, I almost feel terrible saying 
these things about a show that like is based around September 11th. I feel like it's almost like untouchable in a way that like I can't really give the critique I want to. Yeah, I because think that's of the that, trap. which is interesting. Yeah, I I think that that's a challenge with this show is that it, it and I felt like all the reviews I read to the same thing. They were always like, well, you know, you wouldn't you, you might you know yeah, sure maybe maybe it would have been great if the if the writers you know didn't layer on so much saccharin and just told a more mm-hmm. straightforward story and, and and sure you you know maybe it is a little bit corny but you, you know you can't help but love it it just feels like it's like no one is allowed to just criticize it sure because sure, sure. it's about 911 mm-hmm. and i you know it's funny obviously you know the 20th anniversary of all which has happened and everybody on Facebook at, oh god here's my impression of my Facebook on 9-11 it was 20 years ago I was oh, 15 yeah. yes we yes, were sitting yes. in math class Mrs. Robinson turned on the television like please tell me more about how this is all about you and yeah. so uh, you know so there was a bit of that and um, I I think that it's interesting to be 20 years out and to be like, okay, what does it mean to tell a 9-11 story now? There've been so many told, there've been so many documentaries. I think it's, I I don't know. I I think what I'm trying to say is that we can criticize 9-11 content. Oh my God, there's that word. But I think this is appropriately used, appropriate use the word content. Um, I think we are allowed to criticize it because I think everything's fair game. And I think there was, um, there was a movie a few years ago, I think called 9-11 where it was, uh, I don't know, a bunch of people stuck in an elevator in one of the towers and apparently it was terrible. And it was like, well, yeah, you're not exempt just because you chose a sacred cow in our history. Um, That doesn't mean that you shouldn't, you know, have good songwriting. Um, and so I, 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 at the same time, at the very same time, I do feel like an asshole criticizing this very sweet little show that just wants to make people feel good and show human yeah. kindness and, you and know. Tell an and interesting story about tell, a very uh-huh. specific place in the world. Yeah. Time. yeah. And just, you know, and, and I, you know, it's funny thinking of, you know, Amanda, you know, I did, she she wasn't shocked and I was just like, Oh God, the show. And she was like, yeah, no, totally. It's very acty and like, you know, validated all that. But at the same time, I could see how being Canadian, mm-hmm. this could hit in a different way of like, there's a certain pride or there's just a certain recognition or a certain like appreciation of being recognized, you know? And like Canadians can often be kind of a punchline uh, one sure. way or the other. And they are a little bit of a punchline in this. They are ridiculous in their kindness and their simpleness in some ways. And uh, it, it is indeed almost schmigadoon at points. But <laughs> I, I think that, you know, um, I, I do wish that we did actually get a more humanized version. I think at the end, I liked when the mayor was like, you know, he finally sat down and turned on the TV, and then I just cried. I finally let myself cry. I don't know why he's Southern. I just can't. That's where he went. And sure. I thought, oh, what you're doing right now, this is a great moment. I love when this happens in a show or a movie or, t- or you know, a TV show or whatever, where finally you you let yourself feel something. This yeah. isn't how you do that. Like, there is mm-hmm. a, w- be- a way better way to give us that. Instead, I just felt like we were just constantly told how hardy the people of Gander are, you know? And, and it kind of... I had a... Like, 
I don't I don't think this came up when we talked about maybe it did when we talked about In the Heights. There is an element of In the Heights, the opening song that I can't stand because it it's just basically the the lyrics are it's just the chorus being like I wake up and I get my coffee and I'm on my way and I don't ask any questions I just do what I'm supposed to do and I'm like mm-hmm. I think we made talks like you are you are making these people sound like boobs like just mindless boobs you know and I uh and I know they're not and I just felt like there was a little bit of that with this as well I was like uh, let, let's give these. But at the same time, I think this show is just trying to be a little piece of candy wrapped in 9-11. <laughs> and so I know I need sure. to back up. But, um, I, you know, I can't help how I feel. So imagine just that scene that you were talking about, though, like um, with the mayor. Like if we had different set pieces or, um, you know, him... You know, even if it was just a little like a wall that we knew was his home and like at the very mm-hmm. end and after they say goodbye, he just goes not saying anything, sits in the chair and sobs. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like yeah. how powerful that would be. Like, you know, you just know you yeah. don't have to tell us like you I can, can picture just, it, can it be in my like head. A really beautiful moment. Mm-hmm. He turns the lamp on and yeah. just leaves out a sigh and then cries. Yeah, just a wordless scene. Maybe he has the TV on and you can hear the TV talk, the news talking about one thing sure. or the other. And he just puts his face in his hands and cries. And then it kind of like dims to black. Like, great scene. Great scene. Um, and I, I think that it, to answer the question of how would I do come from away differently, I would I would take everything they were show telling me and I would show it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and maybe give more solos. I think that would have helped too. Yes, I think so too is like commit to telling these people's stories. Um, and I would, I would give the gay characters actual personalities. I give the Egyptian guy something more than being Egyptian. I would absolutely not have people doing Lion King style African characters. I'm not going to do it cause it's offensive. Obviously if I do it, but the guy playing African with his wife, I was like, sure. This, this is so broad. I feel like I'm watching SNL. Like it was just that, like it just, I, I don't know. There was just something about it. And even though they were being played by black people, it still felt like, un, like an uncomfortable performance. In. Yeah. It still yeah. felt like a cultural appropriation. Yeah. Or something. I don't know. Sure. Well, I mean, I, I think this was, even though you might, (laughs) I know, I know, I still think this is a productive conversation. And like, at the end of the day too, it's like, you are not required to, to love anything really, especially when it comes to musical theater, when it's like, that's, that's an art form that you're still kind of figuring out what you like and what you don't like. And what you do know is that you don't like this. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. More like go from away, go far away. Um, That being said, I know I have just decimated this, but you came in with BSAs and I think we can't leave until we count down your BSAs of come from aways. <laughs> yeah, I would like to just like blow through them real quick. I think my honorable mention and again, it kind of proves our theory a little bit because it's all that she does in the show, but I just kind of love that this is a person that we did get to see is um let me see here. This is let me look at my notes. Bonnie, who is the the, the pet lady, the one who watched uh-huh. like the, the 
the um you know who takes care of the kitties and the dogs and just like that is her priority but again that is all she does in the show that is her only her sole character's purpose and again glad we got to see it that's that's such great detail like yeah what would happen to all the pets and like things that had to be taken into consideration into consideration um so i liked bonnie i liked i liked what she represented i wish we could have could have got more of her like she didn't really sing but you know we'll get we'll pour one out for bonnie yeah, that was probably the one story I was most emotionally attached to was her looking for the animals in the plane. I was like, everybody leave Bonnie alone. She's got a cat, you know? Uh, yeah. And when she said goodbye to the animals at the end, actually, that was the only swelling oh, I started yeah, to feel. Yeah, and she lost her baby. The Yeah, the, the, the yes. bonobo, yeah. Yes. So, okay. Um, and really, a lot of these, I think it's, it's hard to rank them, too, because... Um, you're gonna laugh so hard, especially. But I'm not changing them. I'm not rearranging them. No, I please don't. Them. I'm staying strong. Um, my number five is um, Diane, who is like the the woman who uh-huh. falls in love with with Nick too. I feel that like she has, she has like some sort of energy that I like '90s mom energy and like a yeah. movie, you know, like some sort of Disney movie. But I again, I also would have really been interested to know more about her. And maybe like what came before, like she has a son, right, in the show. But like, um, I think she said she had a son. Now it's all blurred, of course. But like, just her and Nick, and like what that relationship. I will say this: Amanda wrote this in the text. One of the worst um, English dialects I have ever heard came out of that man. Um, uh. And I know he's like a really, actually, like well, he was like the like the original. Franklin Shepard and Merrily We Roll Along on Broadway. And I, oh, I, wow. I I'm, his name is failing me right now, of course. Um, but I, I just, it was like inexcusable, his dialect. It was like like Madonna and her like British dialect. It's like, it's like the LaCroix of like English yeah. accents. It's like kind of there and kind of not. And I just couldn't stand that. But um, you know, Diane's great. And her name's Diane. She has to be on the list. Yeah. I have a mug named after her. I support yes, that. Yeah. The mug Diane. Yeah. Um, and my number four is um, Hannah Q. Smith is uh, the actress who played her. Uh-huh. And she was, uh, same with Diane too. Sharon Wheatley and was the original Diane and Q. Smith was the original Hannah. I, I, I really liked her vocals a lot. I think she, she much like Jen Kalella had a lot of control. Um, and I liked her as an actress um, I think that her story potentially, like we were talking to, could be talking about is is really kind of one of the ones that we're most invested in because we know pretty much from the get go that like her son is probably didn't make it. And mm-hmm. we get these little check ins with, um, you know, uh, Beulah every once in a while. But I, I liked her a lot. Um, my number three is actually uh, Janice Mosher, the, the reporter. Oh, I liked she, her a lot. I... I did like her. I I did. Uh, I I felt like she I, she was very Canadian to me, and that's a compliment. Yes, yes, yes. It's like I bought it, and like I, mm-hmm. I think that she was probably one of the more gifted like comedic actresses. Like her timing, and just like the way I thought. Like if anything, just have her be the na- like. That's all we need as far as like direct check ins to the audience. Like yeah, I thought that was such a unique storyline of how she wanted to get into it, and this is the first thing she's kind of covering. But it's like so overwhelming in a way. Like again, great stories and great potential, and um, you know, and we checked in. I think we saw her a lot. 
like just enough. Like, I just think that that's such a BSA sort of like maybe assistant to the BSA role that like mm-hmm. she's one that you walk away remembering, I feel. I agree. I did like her. I, I felt like she was one of the, you know, things I liked from Come From Away. I thought that she was good. Yes. Um, my number two, you're going to love this, is Miss Beulah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, gee, and... I just made a, a balloon for a crying child, and then I see Ollie over there. Oh, I, that accent also went Southern, but so did her performance. <laughs> Go on. I'll I'll stop. That's okay. That's okay. I, I think for all the, if I was to be, you know, present it to you for like the time daily energy, I just feel like she reminds me of like, I don't know. I bet you she's also a crossing guard in the local community. Oh, you know, one of those types yeah. uh-huh. that everyone loves and she helps out with the kids and everyone knows her. I just felt like she was the mom of Gander. Um, the sort of yeah. like matriarch that everyone knows. She walks into the diner you know, everyone knows Beulah. And, like, really, it's like we see her the most, I feel. And maybe and uh, to me, <laughs> to her own we, detriment. And yeah, <laughs> we do get a lot of her. I, you know, I think that the only I think if if we just got a scene of her telling somebody, well, that's not true. You've got you've got two kinds of stuffing, real cranberry <laughs> sauce. Like, yes. I think if I just got that, I would have been like, oh, Beulah, you know, best supporting Beulah. Um, yes. Yeah, I, I, it was just, um, you know, it's funny. Like uh, Amanda was saying, like she could, it, it, you could almost feel like the actors were aware of the cameras and were kind of like, mm-hmm. it's kind of like I feel like I've read this too that like once actors are nominated for Tonys, then all of their performances up to Tony night are just amped up to a twenty-seven because they're all like, yeah. really gunning for it there. And and I felt like Beulah was like really aware that she was going to be on Apple TV. <laughs> I feel like Beulah didn't know that she had a microphone. It's probably my one thing as far mm. as like vocal variety and um, everything was kind of, you know, I, I bet you she's got some pipes. She's got that Tyne Daly sort of um, yeah. brassy speaking voice that if she just would have brought it down. And, you know, I, I'm trying to think of that conversation she had with Hannah, too. And I feel like there there are some levels there. But like most of the time she narrates more than she acts. I guess. Yeah. And, and that's probably why, you know, I could see, you, you know, your annoyance with her. But I liked Beulah. I think she's a great broad. Um, and she's my number two. And you're just going to have to deal. Yeah. Well, you know, whatever. <laughs> I, uh, you know, gross. Um, <laughs> yeah. Talk Jesus about a, gross. She's, she's definitely a number two, if you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> Oh, insert like toilet flushing sounds here. <laughs> oh God. Um, um anyway. and of course, my number one is Jen Colella. I, I mean, yeah. it, it kind of just is built into the, uh, built into the list as far as her being. You know, and it's interesting. This show won Best Musical, and um, Jen Colella won Best Featured Actress um, at the Drama Desk Awards. Which, in a way, like if you don't know what the Drama Desk Awards are, it's kind of like. I guess the Golden Globes before the Oscars, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's um, yep, yep. Um, it also won Outstanding Book, which is very interesting. Wow, wow. Yeah, I mean, so those were the three Drama Desk uh, Awards it was nominated for. So, all interesting stuff. Um, you know, a shame for a musical that's that's filled with such women and such potential for for storytelling and. 
that we got to an extent but um yeah i i think that's i don't i don't really have any like really you know intuitive or you know like words to kind of summarize this you know what i mean like i i i liked it i liked it plenty but yeah, I um, think that's that's such a that's such a gander uh, summation. Yeah, oh, I, like yeah I liked it. I liked it plenty. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna uh, head off to Tim Hortons now and uh, right, a Pepsi. Yeah, where she like squats, Pepsi. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> <God>. Right, <laughs> Pepsi. Uh, I can't wait to listen to All Right, Mary. I can't wait oh. to hear more of you. Oh my God, railing just, against just ripped into it. Oh my God. Um, I would, yeah, I would say that my my closing thoughts on this are, um, I think that this this a conversation. Maybe these are the closing thoughts, and maybe you know I'm having you know. So for people hearing both both episodes, you're going to hear the same conversation twice. But where Johnny and I kind of arrived at was like, okay, but like as you said, musical theater is still kind of a genre. I'm trying to find my place in, and they can't all be company, and I know that, mm-hmm. and I. When Johnny and I were talking about it, I was like, I just don't understand. I just love company so much. And I don't love anything else as much as I love company. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I just want to find something else that makes me love it as much as I love company. And sure. um, and I think that like modern musicals, I think this like sort of pop rock format, I think just is, is moving away from what I'm into versus something like Light in the Piazza that I think is probably closer to what I like, you know? I know I was just thinking that too. I know we we came close to doing that for my birthday mm-hmm. episode, but, you know, we'll we'll take a Broadway break for a while. I mean, until sure. like all these, uh, you know, until West Side Story comes out in December, of course. But that's that's a ways away. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do think that there's some, some really great stuff in Piazza that you would love. Um, yeah. Just the, the type of singing and, you know, the darkness of it and the beauty of that show. Oh, it's beautiful. Um, but yeah, I, I feel, I feel good. I feel good that we, um, you know, we both had different experiences and, um, I'm interested to see what other, I'm interested to read reviews. That's interesting. I didn't, I didn't read any reviews for this or even the Apple TV plus sort of thing. Um, but you know, yeah, it's, I think what I love the most is finding all the creative ways that reviewers are saying that, like, well, I mean, the cast, I mean, they're no lookers, you know? I mean, like, definitely, you know, a pretty average-looking cast, but it helps. It helps. It's good. Like, they find such, like, euphemistic ways to say that these are not mm. good-looking people. It's really kind of... But I think that's cool. Like, I think that's part of... Or could possibly be a strength, you know what I mean? Because they're just normal people. It is. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. It definitely is a benefit of the show and is a positive. I just think if I were reading that review and it was just like, well, I mean, you know, luckily you've got a cast of, let's be frank, average looking people. I'd be like, well, geez, fuck you. You I know, yeah. Um, Well, you know, Beulah's khakis weren't doing her any favors oh i love beulah's khakis and the untucked shirt khakis khakis. i just like know that woman and i think that's maybe why i also really liked (laughs) yeah i mean big lunch lady vibes yeah oh Uh, yeah i love lunch lady vibes yes 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 well on that note folks it's we're getting played off we're getting played off that's what's happening that's what's happening um and so that being said where can folks find more of you they can find more of me on my other podcast. Uh, I almost said the best supporting podcast. The the Good Vanilla, which is a Barefoot Contessa podcast. It comes out every Thursday. 
And uh, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Nick Kachanov. How about you? Well, you could find more of me on All Right, Mary. Uh, we're about to start doing Drag Race UK Season 3, and then next month, Dragula, and uh, potentially Canada's Drag Race. So it's going to be a very busy couple of months. Um, in the details, uh, I intended to have my first episode to start, uh, my first episode back. Uh, last it's week. not my first time on. A it's, not my, it's not my first time. It's not my, not my first time on a podcast. Uh, <laughs> in any event, this week, this week, I promise, new episode this week, and um, Twitter, Colin Drucker, Instagram, Colin Drucker underscore, and both of us in a best supporting capacity at BSA Pod on Twitter, or you can email us at thebsapod at gmail.com. Well, you know what to do with those peepers. Peel them, because on Friday, the Best Sporting <laughs> After Show will be will be here. And uh, you don't want to miss it. So... <laughs> peel them. Peel them. Sounds and, very gander. Peel those does, peepers. Yeah. Oh, gee, just peel them. You em, loved you it know? after all. It's rubbing off on <laughs> I you. guess yeah. I did. I guess I did. Yeah. Um, I guess it became uh, a Newfoundlander after all. Yeah. Yes. Uh, anyway, uh, I think that, as they say... Is that...